Yeah, sure. I can yeah, sure. Do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that works. Test, uh, test, I test. think we're we're pretty we're pretty evened out now. Okay, well, that was fast. So yeah, I mean it's just one knob. We don't. <laughs> yeah. Marble Mouth host, and Austin is your good host. I wouldn't go that far. I'm just a host. No adjectives needed. I listened back to one of our other shows. I forget which show it was. I think it was... Might have been the recent one where we did in the middle of the night. Man, I, I start to I start to step on my own tongue about eleven <laughs> o'clock at night. I think so. It's good that's, that we're recording this a little bit early. That's about the limit. Yeah, we're we're a little bit earlier tonight. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Uh, it's a little later for our guest, Mr. Brian Keel, um, an autocrosser. Uh, and uh, what's up, Brian? How you doing, man? Hello, everybody. Thank, thanks for having me on, guys. No, no problem, dude. We we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Yeah, um, thanks, for Brian. And the time. I are, uh, I think we're slightly separated at birth in our car hobbies. Um, we always seem to be doing very similar things. Uh, just we do different stuff with them. He he was building a similar motor to I was, the same header design, uh, same shocks, uh, all kinds of similar crap. So I think EF guys only get they, they only have so many choices, but. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that cuts down so considerably on what you can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Brian, is uh, you were the was it SMF national champion two years ago? Yeah, two years ago, 2015. Yeah. That was uh, that was in your K20 CRX, right? Yep, K20 CRX. Uh, we're actually putting that back together right now this winter. So. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, you want to start with uh, telling us how you got into the the wasteful hobby that is uh, the automotive time suck. Oh, I thought you were going to say that is autocrossing. No, no, no. (laughs) Well, that too. This is all kind of dumb. (laughs) If you really think about it. Well, I got into it uh, pretty young. Um, I was into cars when I was a teenager. Uh, So was my father. Um, He went right from pickup trucks to uh, picking up a E46 M3 kind of when they were pretty new. And uh, that kind of set my automotive interest getting and rides around and that and whatnot nice. uh when it was about time to get my license uh started looking at cars and uh, a bunch of old hondas started popping up del souls civics other stuff and uh i almost went and got this clapped out in a b16 swap body kitted beat up old crx when um we found uh, another one that was all bone stock and clean and uh we ended up buying that for a dollar from a family friend and uh my dad basically looked at me and said, well, you can keep this all stock and have it as your daily driver, or we can build a tuner car. And as any you know, young boy would say, I want a tuner car. Let's do it. <laughs> and so, your dad uh, is so much cooler than mine. Oh, my yeah, dad was like, best. oh, it's a so waste of a, money. He's he's the worst enabler. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we ended up with this clean CRX shell, and uh, we were kind of poking around on the internet, reading the Honda tuning magazines and whatnot. And, uh, we decided that obviously the best entry level tuner car would be to just go right to a K 20 swap. Yeah. I mean, so you gotta, you, you gotta right have to power. <laughs> nothing, nothing says tuner like power, right? Exactly. Here's about anything else. It's all about the power, man. I thought, I thought you were supposed to do at least 16 engine swaps before you did a K series swap. That's uh that seems like yep. cheap. 
We pulled the uh, dual point right out in the automatic transmission and just uh, went straight to a crate motor from Japan overnight, okay. of course. Overnight, yeah. So well, was yeah. that your what year about was this when you did your first swap? Ooh, years. This is probably about this is about ten years ago. So I guess it was like okay. two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. You were so. right on top of that K series game. That was when I first yeah. started happening. Yeah. It was just getting hot back then, and uh, you know, go big or go home. I guess so. Uh, yeah. We just pulled right into it. We actually documented a lot of the build and put it all on a website, which uh, seemed to help a lot of people out along the years. What website was that? And that was a CRX K-Swap. It's huh. poorly written and outdated by now, and it's an old, old, terrible site. But it has a lot of good information <laughs> there, just kind of the whole how does it fit, what do you need to do, and sort of yeah. all the struggles you ran into along the way. Right. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, at the time, had you seen very many K-Swap CRXs when you decided to do yours? I had never seen one person, anything like that. Just poked around on the internet, the forums and all that. So this is what I want to do. There was, enough, there was just enough resources out there to kind of figure out how to do it on your own. Uh, my father is a pretty jack of all trades kind of guy, decent fabricator. And, uh, you know, he helped me a lot along the way. And, uh, we kind of just, uh, put it together and took us about a year or so. What was there, was, was there any mount kits back then? I forget when that stuff. Came yeah. Out. The Hasport kits had already been out for a little bit. So we went with yeah. those. Yeah. I thought it was around then because we, it, right when we started hosting track events was when K series swaps were starting to happen in like EGs. Um, and I remember talking to our buddy Luke, uh, about, he was like, man, K series can be the future. And it was like, Oh five or so second, tra- our second year of the track. And I was like, man, there's no way. <laughs> and <laughs> dual points. And for life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. They are K series are the future. So yeah, you were, you were early in that game. What was yeah, what was the first car? The what was the first car what that the, ever had a K swap in it? Do you know? Uh, like probably what's, an EG. What's the I history would of the K swap. Yeah, it's uh, probably an EG chassis type thing. They fit a lot better in there than the okay. yeah. There's a lot more room in an EG than an EF. They look about the same size until you start looking on the engine bay and measuring things. Even a B series is tight in an EF. But yeah, um, my advice to anyone who wants to do a K swap on a CRX is just don't. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Everything just barely, barely fits. And you need to mod both cross members and, you know, it, everything needs modification and it's everything hits everything and everything tears everything apart. It's great. Yeah, but then, it's, but it's then you, really have, close. you have the CRX equivalent of God's chariot at that point. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. I the, mean, uh, that's the way that's the way that car should have come from the factory, right? <laughs> uh, that's a lot of motor in that car. Even <laughs> stock, man. Even stock. That's quick. Our, our buddy, still... Kyle, his, his, his just driving his you know downshifting from sixth fifth fourth to third and in, in turns that's there's so many gears and they're so much faster than na 1.5 liters <laughs> i still want one it'll probably never yeah. happen but i still yeah. want one I, w- I would buy a pre-built one if i was going to buy one they just it doesn't i helped kyle put his uh, k-series and his crx uh several years ago and it was like yeah like you said like like nothing fits all that well it's just a pain in the butt but when it's done, it's pretty rad. <laughs> yep, it sure was. So when we finished that up, uh, we got it featured in Honda Tuning Magazine back when that was still a thing. Man. It was like awesome goals right there. Yeah. And then uh, so I was driving, I was 16, driving around, uh, taking it out once in a while. And uh, I went to like a sort of like Tyrax Street Survival School and another local version of that. And uh, yeah. whoever was my instructor there was an old school autocrosser. And he used to race the uh, CRX's stock back when they were new. And he basically told me at the end of the day, you know, I was telling him about this car that I had built. He basically said, oh, let's 
really cool. Um, you should try to figure out how to do some autocross track days because otherwise you're probably just going to kill yourself in that car. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was it. Uh, my father and I packed up the car and uh, went to the next autocross pretty much and uh, instantly hooked. Never, never stopped coming back. What uh, uh, what what class was that in back then? Was it still? Yeah, I was, was going to say so, the same thing. What was that running back then? Back then, it was um, Super Street Modified, which is uh, actually SSM? called SM2 at the oh, time. Okay. Um, okay. There was no front-wheel drive Street Modified class then that came yeah. along later. So we were running against, you know, Lotuses and Turbo Miatas and other stuff. But I wasn't worried about them. I was still getting beat by a, a stock Honda CRX for the first couple of years. <laughs> I was slow in that thing. With our teen coilovers and our, you know, pimpy wheels that are too big and all the other stuff. So the car yeah. was a it was a mess at first. You know, it was just a tuner car that looked cool and had the blingy parts, but it wasn't a race car. But the more we did it, uh, the more we realized, hey, this car fits pretty good in this class. Maybe we should sort of uh, tweak it that way. And, you know, yeah, the teens come off, the ponies yeah. went on and, you know, everything became performance oriented all of a sudden. And, uh, you know. 10 years later or whatever, you end up with this stupid race car that we have that <laughs> everything breaks and uh, nothing fits right. So, so you, did, you did everything backwards, right? You're supposed to learn to drive the car first and then eventually build it and have a car in a magazine. But you kind of started yeah. at the, the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. I like learned from that mistake, though. I learned from that. And then like my next car, which I still have, was the proper progression where I took a stock car and slowly built it over the years. And now it's a race car. No magazine yet, but. If I could do it all over again, I would start with that my little uh, my little four door that I have. I have yeah, too many. Yes, your four door. Uh, you've gone through even just a lot of body work in that thing. It looks like. Yeah, and I'm still going through body work. I tried like to ru- like lots of rust uh, has oh, been rusty, rusty three hundred dollar New England car. I bought off a autocrosser buddy, my buddy Ben Wagstaff. It was basically rotten in his backyard, and he was going to scrap it. And I said, I needed a car. I was going to school out in New York. I'm from New Hampshire, and. Uh, so 300 bucks later, it was mine. I had to bundle the crap out of it and, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, four mismatched tires, the trunk leaked, So it had its own ecosystem of mold growing in it. Hence its name, right. Smelvin. And uh, just kind of uh, fixed it up from there. What's this rust stuff you guys keep talking about? It, it's uh, it's it's like when your car dies uh, right like, in front of your like eyes. Like when the battery when the battery goes out. No, it's like when actually the metal goes away. <laughs> So Nick, Nick Lau spent the night last night and we were talking about cars. He's out out in California. Yeah. We were talking about cars last night and we were looking on Craigslist. He's like, Oh my God, all of these cars are so clean. Like even a cheap, like (laughs) $1,500 civic out here is just so clean. It's ridiculous. I I was just thinking that today. I saw a white CRX on like, you know, some dumb Facebook group and and it was like $2,200. And I thought, wow, is that, that's the cleanest $2,200 CRX ever. Buy it and drive it back, man. Yeah. Although, but then, the but then you have them. to compete but, in the car at full weight because there's no there's no uh, weight reduction from the rust. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have to go through what Brian has gone through with his three hundred dollar <laughs> uh, ecosystem daily driver. Oh so. man, it's just <laughs> natural <laughs> weight reduction. But so Melvin's uh, a pretty good name. Not gonna lie, that is a great name. It, it, are you still bumping that dseries.org uh, build thread about that car? Yeah, I uh, update it once in a while. I've gotten lazy in the last couple of months, but uh, I've got some good content that I'm um, getting ready to post yeah. up. I've been doing, you know, more body work. Not, oh, I did the body work last year. It has all new rockers and quarters, but now it gets paint, real paint. I tried right. the uh, Plasti Dip stuff a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I was going to do uh, the old school Motul Mugen touring car livery on it. Oh, that's right. Uh, I love that. 
the the base color came out great the accents not so great that stuff is hard to work with when you're layering colors so yeah, uh, very. i'm now tearing it all back off and it's gonna get uh, real stingle state paint but Cool. I'm going to make her pretty finally after all these years of being the ugliest car in Paddock. You can use that Sherwin. Uh, Sherwin-Williams has a really good single-stage paint. So don't ask me how I know. They just do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you happen to maybe sell that for a while? No, not sold it. Uh, it was just around oh. it a lot. Oh, like, okay. looks so good, it almost looks like a base clear. It's really nice. Okay. I'll have to keep that in mind for painting the interior of my next car. I'm going to... I keep telling myself I'm going to do it with real paint and not rattle can. I think you should do it in chalkboard paint, the whole interior I've, I've, of the car. I've done way too much stuff in chalkboard paint in the last 15 <laughs> years. Um, did did, uh, did you take that four-door to uh, Nationals this year, Brian? Yep. Uh, I That's decided I, I wanted to try something different this year. Uh, the CRX had pretty much torn the chassis apart and it was tearing all over the frame rails, so we retired it for the year. Decided that, oh, let's throw the let's turn Smelvin into a real race car. I built it for a class called E-Prepared, which is got the crap out of it you got to use the stock motor but you can pump compression add a cam and uh big sticky race tire so mm-hmm. uh the car didn't get finished until late june we got maybe four or five events in the car and then i shipped it up or you know drove it out to nationals uh it ended up i ended up in third place with it about uh oh wow three, I know you did. that's not bad did that well tenths out of the out of the lead or something like that the wow. whole podium was really tight but i was right there i mean i had just put a new differential into the car uh, right before putting on the trailer to go out there. So I was driving something that I didn't even know how I was going to handle. And uh, I'm pretty happy with uh, how things ended up. Considering that's, a, yeah, yeah, that's be, really I'd good, man. Congrats. I didn't know you were on the podium. Oh, yeah. Just, just squeaked it in. So I was really pumped about that. And I uh, can't wait to uh, hopefully bring it back next year. I'd like to bring both cars, but I got to uh, figure out the logistics on that. I only have one spot on the trailer. <laughs> You gotta have you gotta have a buddy with a big trailer. Is what you gotta do. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta figure something out. Maybe you, gotta, uh, you can come out and uh, you know drive the car with uh, yeah. like maybe Eric or something. This uh, you got a flat man. tow. You got a flat tow one car with the other. Great, if yeah. if, if New Hampshire was on the way to Lincoln, Nebraska, I would tow it for you. <laughs> it's definitely not. But... Yeah, the problem with New Hampshire is it's not on the way to anything unless yeah, it's a long way from everything. Yep. Uh, they, that reflects throughout the season because every event is like Ohio, New Jersey, D.C. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there, a, is there a big scene near you or do you guys commute to big events usually? Um, locally, we have a great scene. Uh, New England region is pretty huge. Uh, we have a big airfield site. A lot of top tier talent is in the whole um, New England area and they all, we all come up and uh, do some races. So even the local com- competition is uh, pretty hardcore. But in order, sometimes we'll get a national event a year. But uh, other than that, usually we have to, uh, you know, travel out of the region to get anywhere. Yeah. So the other big spots are Ohio, which is, you know, 12, 14 hour tow and uh, wow. D.C., which is a little less than that. And, uh, yeah, there's there's no quick way to get anywhere where autocross is big. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys have rally as, up that way, though, don't you? You do the New England stage rally. You could just get into a totally insane hobby compared to autocross. Yeah, yeah. St- actually, uh, I've been thinking about hopefully I can get a cage in one of my cars pretty soon. And uh, there's a lot of hill climb in the area. Too, yeah, I was going to say hill climbs are, are pretty prevalent up there, too. That's something I really want to try. I really want to try that. I want to do a hill climb so bad. There's nothing near me, but there's, yeah, no, there's not even whole, any hills near you. So many mountains. There's no hills Man. in Chicago. No, there's no hills near us. <laughs> yeah, for, for everybody listening, once in a while, in this call, Skype is stepping on us. So I apologize if we're talking over Whoops. each other. We're trying. 
we're trying. We're doing pretty good. So there is sometimes there's Skype the, is really good. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's it seems like it's being so so this evening. Yeah, it's not so bad. But so we, we've we've dealt with worse. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. Um, so as uh, Brian, as you guys were you know going from uh, you know Fast and Furious to winning national championships, um, like what was uh, what how did how did basically how did you start getting fast? What was uh, what was the path you took? Did you just kind of latch onto the fast guy, or was it just uh, seeing what everybody else did, or were you guys uh, really just learning on your own? So uh, what really helped me, I mean, like my first couple of years just driving the CRX, I was pretty rubbish. I would just overdrive everything because I had a car with all of the power and none of the talent. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I was living out in New York and I had my little bone stock four door, um, I started doing events out that ways and uh, driving a really, really slow, crappy car um, really helped me learn how to squeeze every little bit out of you know each run and whatnot and then i started you know befriending a lot of the locals and i basically spent a couple of years just driving as many cars as i could anyone anyone who i asked and you know i'd go all over the place oh hey you know how do i drive your car sometime and i just hop into anything you know yeah. nissans hondas whatever whatever it was that someone would offer me up basically and uh you know i some of these people were pretty good drivers and i'd try and go head to head with them and I just kept doing that and doing that and getting a ton of experience in a whole bunch of different cars. And uh, when I finally got back into my own fast cars, um, all of that had come together. And I had figured out how to, you know, once you can do slow car fast, you can do fast car somewhat fast. So it all kind of came together there. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably pretty good advice, especially, you know, for somebody coming up into uh, even for track days and stuff that kind of applies. You yep. know, I feel like the more cars I drive, the better I get. Yeah. Well, I mean, the um, slow car thing, I mean, that's why I think I'm going to just go buy a cheap, crappy Miata for, you know, learning all the tracks out here. Yeah. For this uh, year. Uh, I never, I never got faster, quicker than when I ditched the turbo car and went to uh, an NA, you know, 1.6, 1.5 liter car. Um, I mean, like drastic changes in the last five years, you know. Um, have you guys done anything with, uh, with data, uh, Brian, as you guys have gotten, uh, more pointy into the, of the stick? Yeah, we, we've started playing with data in the last, uh, two years or so. We have one okay. of the, uh, race capture units mounted in the cars, oh, cool. um, which is pretty awesome by the way. Uh, we, uh, we used video before and, you know, video was the huge help and we'd go back and yep. forth with my father and I, cause you know, we both drive the car and yeah. beautiful thing about autocross is you can have two people in the same car and can push each other and compare yeah, same day, same to, track, everything, yeah. Exactly, because it's not like you can go back the next weekend and drive the same track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always different, which is yeah, part you're of minutes the, apart, yeah. Part of the excitement in front of it all is, you know, it's a new challenge every time and uh well, if you don't get it right, well, too bad, better luck next time. But uh so we we're doing video and uh that was good to compare stuff and then we added data and didn't do a whole lot of like uh on-site in-between run kind of comparisons uh it was more like we'd go back and we'd look at everything and kind of just see the trends and uh you know how different lines affected things and you mm -hmm. know where where one person or the other was applying brake or throttle and other stuff and it's definitely been it's definitely interesting to look at it and uh it makes you think a lot um does it really make me faster um it's hard to tell um i always think that there's uh the driver can always be improved so i'm still working on that but yeah. the data 
it does help you figure it out a little bit quicker. I do enjoy using it, and I'd like to start uh, doing more real-time at the track kind of stuff with that as well, with maybe a Soul Storm, one of the other uh, iPad apps. Yeah, well, that's cool. Good to know. I, I haven't talked to many autocrossers about data, but I know that there there are a few people using, like you said, the race capture. Um, and uh, Solo Storm is something I see talked about a lot on forums and stuff. But I don't know too much about it. I mean, there's you got a pretty good GPS, I would imagine, when you're dealing with a smaller, you know, area. But um, the the uh, the seat time thing is always something that we hear about uh, from really fast guys. How many events a, a year are you guys doing? Oh, what are you well, guys doing as you're coming up? Yeah, uh, well, we're doing none right now because it's winter here and it's yeah. cold and, there's, <laughs> and there's not enough ice to do ice racing. So I'm, you know, sitting at home just dreaming of racing. But um, when we're it's over uh, more intense, full, full effort seasons, we we're probably doing upwards of 15, 20 local events a year, plus, you know, five or six national events, including nationals. Oh, wow. Last couple of years, that's slowed down a bunch. I'm probably doing about, you know, eight to ten local events and then three, probably three national events plus nationals itself, two to three national events plus nationals. So okay. it's a still little a bit less, but it's still a lot of time in the car. Although, you know, if you think about it, each time you're doing that, you're really only getting about six minutes of seat time. So it takes a long time to uh, really build some of your habits and build your skill sets because you really are. Even if you're doing it a lot, your actual time behind the wheel of the car is still fairly limited. Yeah, yeah that is the problem with autocross. Some some track day guys think it's uh, it's not enough time in the car, but it's totally different. It's a different thing. You yeah, know. I mean, it, it's time versus inputs because, you know, on a road course, you got, you know, 7, 10, 15 turns or whatever. Autocross, yeah. you might be doing 15 turns in 15 seconds or you know, yeah. your input, your inputs per second is a lot higher. So yeah, you are building that muscle memory quicker, but at the same time, you're doing less of it in a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the autocross thing is something that I want to do more of as the years go on, because I have less and less free time. Uh, <laughs> and I, and I've been getting invites to like go to nationals and stuff. Um, you should. I, I would like to do it. It, uh, I just got a them. pretty sweet CRX with your name on it. If you can get it out there, <laughs> if we can get it out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's not something I've done a lot in the last like five, six years, ever since we've gotten busy with, uh, you know, I, I started doing wheel to wheel stuff and then we really started ramping up, you know, the track day crap that we host. But, um, yeah, I did a bunch of it like Oh six, Oh seven, Oh eight. And I loved it. Um, I sucked, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I had a fast turbo car and uh, only got beat by like, you know, the slow stock Miata guys. <laughs> uh, it did happen. Have a bunch of times. Windy City Miata Club and Gutty the Turbo CRX. Nice. There was a lot. There was a lot of uh, Miatas faster than Gutty. <laughs> well, yeah, that'll yeah. happen. The perennial complaint is from the new guys. It's always is that that dang Miata. That, yeah, the damn Miata. <laughs> that guy must be cheating. It's got to yeah. be cheap. Yeah, he there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. Oh, yeah. I've been accused of, oh, what's under the hood of that thing when I'm driving my dual point 80 horsepower, <laughs> you know, yeah. four-door Civic. And it's like. <laughs> That's when you what's, just tell uh, them it's turboed and, you know, just let yeah, them. Yeah, it's just nitrous, the 400 shot. That's yeah. It. Um, going, going through as you guys, cause you had a pretty built car when you started, uh, what was your progression of mods and how did you, uh, how did you choose to make, you know, to take it from like a, a fast street car to, you know, what your CRX is today? 
Oh man. Um, well, where to start? I would imagine so that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. We came in with, uh, you know, a lot of the, the hot, the hot parts, whatever was, you know, being peddled in magazines and on forums and whatnot, teen coilovers, a bunch of poly bushings, big front sway bar on our front wheel drive cars, <laughs> yeah. all that good stuff. Um, a lot of it, um, a lot of thanks to the, the local region and some of our local competitors for sort of embracing us in the community and sort of steering us in the right direction over time. Um, you know, someone come up to me, oh, you know, your car looks oh, awesome. Like, what are you doing for this? And when we tell them, oh, you know, well, everyone else is doing that or maybe you should think about something else. And so probably the first big change we made was uh, throwing the teen coilovers in the garbage because that's where they belong. <laughs> And putting on a decent set of uh, Coney ground control coilovers, you know, the good old single adjustables that, you know, everyone in the street touring class has been running forever as the sort of go-to setup. Yeah. That alone made a huge difference and uh, did that for a while, um, still on street tires on some, um, you know, narrow rims, but eventually we got along to... Going to the uh, big boy rubbers, the big old 275 Hoosiers in the front, and as Damn. much as we fit in the rear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of tire. You know, I, I still can't believe you guys can cram those things under a CRX. There's just not enough. How much How much wheel. of the fender do you have to cut away? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, actually, the sedan, I didn't have to roll at all. It only needed about an inch, inch and a half of cutting. CRX uh, needed to be chopped up quite a bit more. We actually bought an extra set of like Chinese eBay fenders and chopped yeah, those hundred dollar ones or stock ones were pretty with the, you know, world rally blue paint spray sprayed all over and whatnot. So we didn't want to cut those up. So yeah, a little, a little bit of surgery, a little bit of spacers. You'll fit 15 by 10s and 275s on the front and uh, yeah. a measly 205 in the rear or 225 if you like to push it. Yeah. But that's so nuts. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. I love that. The, the tire to weight is uh, pretty silly when you're like when you're at that. You're really getting thrown around in the car. Yeah, our our but, buddy uh, our, our buddy John Coster used to used to run the same class as you, and he runs that yeah, same. I remember him. I yeah, he runs him. that same setup on uh, on his time on his time attack car now, and it just like it, it looks it would it would look weird on a car that's eight inches shorter. That's oh, <laughs> yeah. narrower like a CRX. It's pretty wild looking, but it it's uh you know the grip is sort of king as long as you can keep the car reasonably narrow. Um, yeah. I think that the the key in autocross is just jam as much tire as you can underneath yeah. the car. So we did that, put some good conies on it, slowly converted the car from poly to mostly uh, spherical bushings or bearings everywhere. Yeah. That helped a bunch. And then playing with alignments a lot, uh, you know, figuring out what you need for camber, toe, and all the other stuff, and just screwing around with stuff until you see what works. I mean, we were sort of blazing our own path back then, and uh, we had to kind of figure it all out for our own what was really going to work with these outrageous amounts of tires and what we should be doing for spring. So there's a lot of uh, trial and error for years of just trying different things. But then, of course, a couple of years ago, we went to the uh, super-duper magical uh, – Whitener Racing, Bilstein Shocks. Uh, David's done an awesome job with those. They really helped uh, keep the car stable and working good. And um, just, yeah, big tires, yeah. good shocks, good bearings. Well, and uh, What uh, what are you guys running uh, for sway bars now? you have uh, anything in the front or, or not? We have the uh, DA Integra GSR front bar. So it's okay. hollow, but about the same width as stock. And yeah, that's like have, a yeah. slightly bigger HF bar, I think, right? Yeah, more or less. And then yeah. the rear is one of the uh, ASR bars. I think it's the 
the middle of the road uh, wall thickness one. But okay. big rear bar, get the car to rotate, and um, yeah. just a little bit of front. I like some people. A lot of a lot of the autocross guys don't like a front bar on their EF or Honda Civic stuff. But mm-hmm. I like the, uh, the 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 turn in from them. It makes things just feel a little more crisp and sharp. Okay. So a little bit of a sway bar roll stiffness up front uh, seems to work good for me. And then the, the four door we have the HF bar on the front. Same thing. I didn't like it without the uh, without any bar at all. So okay. Uh, relevant to my own interests, um, what uh, what's the actual kind of difference in in it? Just feels like the turn in is a little bit better for you. Or? Yeah, I mean, autocross is pretty heavy on transitions, whether you're small. Yeah, yeah you've or, got fast you know, transitions, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it, it just makes the front end of the car feel like it um, just a little crisper, and it doesn't take as long to set in on you know onto the springs and roll, and if, if, uh-huh. I guess you could say. It just it just feels a little sharper and faster to respond to your steering input. Okay. And, uh which is definitely nice when we have a lot of steering input because we have a pretty slow rack. We do have power steering in the car, but it's the uh, EX sedan rack, so it's you know a billion turns lock to lock. So you get <laughs> okay. really busy with your hands and you're, you're shuffle steering, crossing your hands over. Yeah, Sometimes I you look that. at videos of me driving and I go, what am I doing with my hands? They're like all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that you can actually do that well with that slow of a rack in, uh, in such a wild car. <laughs> we used to run the uh, the Quafy Quick Raft rack, which is two and a half turns to lock to lock, but manual steering. And yeah. With the big K motor and the supercharger yeah. and all the weight that goes with that Ooh. over the front of the car and the big tires, it was it was a workout. You get two yeah. thirds of the way into a run and you just want to let go of the wheel. You were so tired. Yeah. Other people couldn't even drive the car. It was that bad. So yeah, we eventually I, said, I, I oh, forgot maybe. that only the four door, I think, and the, I think DX autos hatchbacks and CRXs had, had power steering, but yeah, I think it was just the four door EX. Um, I could be wrong on that. I but think yeah, auto, auto, ha- I know so, auto hatchbacks did, but I don't know anything about the rack rate, but yeah. Yeah, whatever the rack rate is, it's slow. So yeah, I believe um, it. But we came to the conclusion that it's better to deal with a slow rack. That you know, if if you're more relaxed and not exhausted all the time, you can be a little more consistent. And uh, yeah, I believe that. Eventually, your hands figure out how to make up for the uh, slow rack. So, so <laughs> it's just kind of so look like a tornado. Rack, put it in the other car. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. The manual rack is a little bit better when you only have a you know sixteen hundred pound car. It doesn't seem to be as much of a workout. Is that four-door really that light? Yeah, it's uh, 1,615-ish pounds without me in it. Uh, it's wow. it's it, it's a tin can. I mean, there's no dash. There's no anything. It's pretty much just a driver's seat, an engine, and you know a little fuel cell. And uh, that's more or less it. And that's a steering awesome. Hall. That sounds that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's it's a little sketchy. I wouldn't want to get in an accident with it. Um, no, I did I, believe it's that. Gonna, it's going to need some uh, bracing or preferably a cage, you know, for yeah. too long because I have a feeling that otherwise the thing's going to just pretty much tear itself apart. Did you say yeah. how much but it weighed? Did, did I miss it? Did I miss you say how What's much up? it weighed? Sixteen hundred and fifteen oh, pounds without me in it. Oh, that's so light. So it's, it's a glorified go kart, it really is, and it makes about one hundred and thirty-five horsepower with the wheels out of the out of an A6 with eleven to one compression in the cam, and uh, that's all the that's power it really needs to get going. Uh, it's got the SI final drive and an M factory LSD in that thing. Uh, it's it's I think it's actually it's hard to say, but 
I might think it's more fun than the uh, CRX with you know triple the horsepower and an extra percent weight or whatever. What uh, what diff did you end up going with? Which M factory one? Uh, it's the metal plate one way. Yeah, okay. Played around with the uh, clutches and preload a little bit, and uh, I think it's fantastic. Um, which which preload did you go with? I think you're you can go like thirty, sixty, and a hundred, right? For lock, yeah. Uh, we're at sixty six percent lock. Um, okay. We, we took one pair of springs out for preload. Um, I don't know. It seems like most guys just run it out of the box, which is like a hundred percent all of the preload. And uh, I just had a feeling that it. I haven't been able to test them back to back because I just put it in and went to nationals. But yeah. I'm feeling I made the right call because the car feels really good. It's very transparent and uh, it hooks up. We were using the Quafi in it before, and uh, with the amount of weight transfer we're getting with that little weight and that much tire, it was just constantly unloading that inside front and lighting yeah. it up, and it was, it was basically like an open dip car. So yeah, I uh, had the, I had the same problem with my CRX uh, on track with a, going from going from the or the M factory when it I had an M factory two years ago, and then I quit last year because um, my M factory said the I had the one the same diff. Um, and I just had it rebuilt. Uh, it wore out because the trans started eating itself and a bunch of metal went through everything. But, uh, and I just had it set up, uh, um, uh, Mr. Bone, uh, set it up with the, the 66% also, I think. So, of course. Yeah, so, so good. I'm copying you again. <laughs> yeah. That's, we seem to have a history of doing that going yeah, back and yeah. forth. Yeah. Well, you said you had uh, an A6 with a, with a cam in that thing. What, yeah, it's uh, got a uh, our your, our friends over at Rocket Motorsports uh, ground us oh, up cool. a cam. We're really limited in lift. It's like uh, it's basically like three seventy, three seventy duration, okay. and uh, it's, it's a little. It's not much bigger be, than stock. That might be a similar cam to what I had. What I had in the the last one point five I had from Rocket. Yeah, it's so. a little less aggressive than that, but uh, it's yeah to minus three ninety lift. I think. Yeah, that's that's yeah. sounds about right. So, so you're uh, lift limited in EP or? Yeah, lift limited and uh, compression limited. So, uh, okay. well, there's there's two ways to build the car, um, full prep and limited prep. Limited prep is basically um, you can run at a lighter weight, but you're restricted in certain things, mostly power, and you can't yeah. you can't make you know alternate suspension geometry. So, okay. uh, we I decided that uh, you'd be a fun experiment to try limited prep. It seemed like less cost up front. Uh, less chance of building a grenade motor for an extra, you know, what, 20, 30 horsepower, maybe. Yeah. So I went with it and, uh, it seems to be I mean, the top three in, at nationals were all limited prep guys. So it seems to work pretty all right, even though it's only like a 80, 85 pound weight break right now. So I went with it. Seems like it worked out. Um, I'm no with a, you know, it's agonizing knowing that I could put a different intake on the car. I got to run the stock a six one. That's really holding the motor up, especially up top, but yeah, a little bit. Seems to be motivated enough that uh, I'm just gonna stick with it for now and try the whole limited prep thing. Those uh, those prod rules sound awful similar to the road race prod rules, <laughs> where there's they're limited. Of, I and... think there's a lot of common ground between the two of them. As yeah, far that, as that sounds really really simple. I've never really read much about those autocross rules. I've only really read about um, street mod stuff years ago, and just started reading about um, um, SMF uh, last year. Yeah, street mod is sort of the uh, wild west. It's kind of like, okay, well, it has to be, you know, quote unquote, a street car. Everything has to function as far as, you know, you have to have interior lights. Basically, in theory, you'd be able to get it inspected and drive it around on the street every day, maybe with some minor modifications. But yeah. the, the prepared thing is just, you know, the whole gut it up, do whatever you want to it, uh, just keep the stock motor kind of thing. And uh, 
sky's the limit from there. So it's definitely, it's funny because it's two totally different ways to skin the cat, but at the end of the day, they're pretty much the same speed. They're really similar, huh? Yeah, I mean, I really would like this coming year that now that both cars should be running, I'd really like to run them back to back and see yeah. how they do head to head. But um, my my instinct just says that they're they're within a couple tenths of a second over sixty seconds on an autocross course. Wow, so different car, such a different car too. Huh? Oh, absolutely! You know, three hundred sixty horsepower versus one hundred and thirty, and you know, twenty. Wait, that pounds. CRX makes three sixty. At the wheels, yeah, 360 and about 250-ish torque. Uh, it's got a blower on it. It's got. Oh, uh, I didn't know it had a blower on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's got the uh, Rotrex C30 unit on it. Uh, pushing about 10 pounds of boost through that. It's an all-stock motor, though. Okay. And, yeah, it makes some pretty healthy power for what it is. Uh, that thing has been flawless. It's the same motor that we put in all those years ago. Never okay. been opened up, and uh, it just keeps going. Just uh, tuned with, like, uh, K-Pro or... Yeah, it's got a K-Pro. Uh, i got to give big thanks to my tuner, Rick, at uh, Racetech Automotive. He's the only – I don't deal with tuning, but he's the only one that touches our cars, and he's just done a phenomenal job with both of them. Uh, That's a lot of power. Safe, on stock making case. a lot of power. Yeah, and it's uh, – well, the transmission's a different story. That didn't hold up so well. Um, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, so we've got some straight-cut first and second gears in that now for the CRX to just kind of hold it together. But <laughs> Sounds like such an animal. <laughs> It's it's really become sort of a monster, and uh, I love it to death, but it is sort of a nightmare, too. So, Hey, Austin, you want to go to Autocross Nationals next year? Yes. Yeah. That sounds got, like... Uh, I got a pretty cool car for you guys if you... Uh, that just sounds like it wouldn't that. suck. Nothing like a last yeah. place finish at Nationals from uh, Adam yeah. and I. But you'll do it in a car with a huge <laughs> wing on it, which is just cool. I just, I want to yeah. have the record for most cones hit at Nationals. Just mow them all down. Yeah, just ruin the whole course. <laughs> just sharpen the splitter blade and chop them all in half. Huh? Uh, that uh, that I didn't know it had a blower on it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh yeah we went well full retard there, on the thing. So there's so much variation in that class. It's ridiculous. It's nuts. That thing needs a oh, roll yeah. cage. It needs a roll cage, and you need to bring it out to the track. Oh, would that would be, be a fast track. Quite the time of that car. Um, you know, oh, it's crossed my mind a couple it'd times. It'd be so uh, ridiculous. That's what that's what Robert Thorne's doing this season. Yeah, yeah. we know we do have an auto power bolt in six point sitting in the uh, attic somewhere. But hey, as long know, as you don't have a bolt in harness bar, you're good, man. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. bolt in harness bars, people. No bolt in harness bars. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how many harness bar emails I've sent in the last three days, dude? Probably like twenty. Dude, it's been so many this year. <laughs> it, it's getting worse every year. And I'll, all I do is write more articles about, hey, harness bars are terrible, especially in your old Hondas. Well, I mean, I keep telling people just to email you about harness bars. So oh, that's probably the problem. Yeah, even if they don't have harness that. bars, I just send them I literally got three to my grid life email today I mean, about harness bars. I know you don't have enough going on during the day. So <sighs> <sighs> yeah, and all the Facebook chats that we're in. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and the Slack chats. Uh, so many. <laughs> anyway, yeah, don't do, hey, do the do the bolt-in bar, Brian. Do the bolt-in roll bar. Yeah, that, that, would, that would be what I would definitely do. would like to start getting into some uh, track stuff in the coming years. It's you know watching a lot of friends and from the autocross world sort of transition to that. Our buddies Eric yeah. Kudel, your you know John Coster, as you mentioned earlier, some yeah. of these other guys. You know, it looks like they're having a lot of fun out there. And, you know, doing stuff with SCCA or NASA and playing with you guys with your good life events and whatnot. It looks like a blast, and I definitely need to get out to them. It doesn't suck. It's it's fun. Um, but uh, it's also a little bit more 
it's even more of a time suck, I think, and more uh, money commitment. Yeah, so. this is this is also my uh, one of my big reservations about going there is is all of that. But you know, yeah, I mean, well, like the, really, the time involved. The time isn't much different. You're you, you're talking, especially with a car like yours. You're yeah. talking similar car prep. You're talking similar weekend time, especially with a long drive. But. Uh, just a couple hundred dollars more in entry fees for me for me it's it's physically taxing uh i mean standing out you know doing autocross stuff can be physically taxing too but even more so the track is can be mentally taxing at times as well so that's one thing that i've noticed especially yeah um yeah the the uh i i I actually struggle with shorter sessions more than I do with longer ones. Just getting my brain. That's the thing I've been working on a lot in the last, probably the last two years is just getting, getting myself mentally in the right place. I can, I can hardly ever do it at our events because I'm always working, but, um, at race weekends, getting myself in the right mindset. I do so much better if I sleep well and if I <laughs> like, know. when was the last time you slept well at one of our uh, events? <laughs> not, it's, it has been, it's been a while, but, uh, the, the best I probably ever, the best I ever drove, um, was the, the weekend that, I, that my wife came to the track with me. Um, it wasn't last year, it was the year before, Were but you just we trying, had, trying uh, to impress her. No, no, actually just, <laughs> I went to bed. <laughs> I went to bed and then all of a sudden, you know, I had a pretty good feel. There's a lot of cars and I'm like, you know, I, I'm gridded third out of 60 cars and, uh, and I drove, and that was the, the weekend that I had uh, old brake fluid in. That was the problem. Ah. Um, like I, like I had a chance to, to do really, really well the weekend. I just, I drove well because I went to bed, um, <laughs> you know, didn't, didn't stay up hanging out podcasting with all my idiot friends. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. It is, it, there's a lot more going on at the track, but, uh, I so, think overall the whole prep thing and the, the toe thing, you're already doing that, man. You're, you're, you're 90% of the way there. <laughs> Actually, he, he's probably, he probably invested more time into it than I did when I was doing a lot of track stuff. Like yeah, the prep Austin was didn't very, the prep years. was very low. <laughs> I was like, you, yeah, I might need brake pads, but there's still some on these. We're not done at the back. Like you good. had the perfect cars to ignore, though. You had uh, an S2000 with a stock motor. You had a FRS and you had a Miata. <laughs> so. That's I mean, I'm I'm realizing that's the way my cars just have to be. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Because I get I get too busy yeah. talking to people at the track. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm like, oh, I f- forgot to do this thing that I needed to do before my next session. Yeah, let's see yeah. if anybody else has those brakes. <laughs> yeah, it's not a big deal. Or just, just run it. No big deal. The car will stop eventually, either yeah. by the backing plates or by a tree or by another car on track. Yeah, yeah. just just rub, not, bump, bump someone. Not a big deal. Um, speaking yeah, of brakes. Yeah, I seem to have gone into the uh, classes where the cars become complete divas and they just tear themselves apart. Yeah, like, I was even, gonna, I was even gonna... the year that I won uh, nationals uh, on the last run of the day one competition, my uh, front subframe cross member on the CRX sheared itself right in half i was finishing up my uh, race with yeah. uh you know some dynamic alignment issues going on i, I was so just gonna to say spree- back speaking together. of brakes uh, i hear you break things <laughs> yeah it, those cars uh well the crx especially no no honda ef chassis deserves to have that much power put through it, it just it wasn't made to handle it and it's just yeah. it just kills us. i'm sure you know that with your street car i'm sure you start to wear and tear things too but yeah. Yeah. especially when you put giant rubbers on it and whatnot it's just destructive so um, that's why know, what, i sort of like the the lightweight low power approach it that that car seems to have so far been pretty much just loaded up on the trailer and go other than be nice. seizing issues yeah. uh yeah i kind of like it the whole you know just okay car's ready to go next time like nothing i don't need to do anything 
the just the frame rails and subframe aren't cracking every other event, and I have to tack all them back together or whatever. Yeah, have you guys have you guys had cracks? Uh, basically, on, on a CRX, the the very front of the car controls you know the wheels from moving forward and backwards, and it's kind of like a horn that goes down to that. Uh, have you oh, guys had any cracking in between there? I'm a, I'm that's a... why we didn't run the car last year. Yeah, uh, we, we we knew it throughout last 2015 season. We we're we had to realign the car pretty much after every big event because uh, uh, the car was just shifting and tearing. So uh, this this winter we pour, tore the motor out of it and uh, started going through with a fine comb looking for damage, and there are cracks and tears everywhere. So we've yeah. been uh, patching it all back together and getting it ready to go, and hopefully. Uh, it can hold on for a few more years, but I don't see uh, good things in the future for this shell after a couple what, of years. What sort of prep can you do for the class to the chassis? Yeah, can you um, fix any kind of that stuff or no? So we, we can fix and repair, but we can't really reinforce. So okay. you can't, you know, can't like seam weld it. Or, and... you, you can do some sort of, you know, having some sort of roll structure, I'm sure, would help keep the car from flexing a lot. But as far as, you know, in the front of the car and the engine yeah. area, Especially with the K series mount moves, you know, goes further up that frame horn than the factory mount. So you, you're that lever arm becomes even longer, and you're really jacking things around yep. as the yep. uh, engine torques and flexes, and uh, it's just really destructive. And uh, so basically, our approach right now is uh, just kind of patch it up as best as we can, and uh, hope it holds on for a little bit more. And <laughs> eventually, you're just going to have to toss the shell away. Yeah, or turn it, or or, or seam you know, weld everything and sell yeah, it to somebody it. and make have them make it a real race car. Yeah, yeah that's not a possibility. Yeah, cage it and uh, tubes all the way through the front end and all that stuff, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. The front of my CRX on the the driver's side, um, basically, I, I had to. I had, I had to take I had to cut the whole driver's side frame rail. It, it had been crashed at one time, and then that whole thing was pulled out, and somebody had spot welded it all back together and. Um, but I had to cut that whole metal out underneath the engine mount, um, and make a, make a new piece basically in order to, cause it was just cracking straight down in the small spot there, oh, right above the little arch there. My first race weekend, I, I, th- I found a crack and I could see straight through it and it was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, anytime you can see daylight, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not disconcerting to say the least, but, uh, what, uh, what are your future plans for, uh, uh, for autocross, do you want to stick with front wheel drive stuff for a while, or, or you got any uh, any rear wheel drive plans coming up? Or I've been having a lot of fun with uh, the cars I'm playing with right now, and uh, me and Smelly have some unfinished business with E Prepared. I'd like to take another stab at it. Cool. Uh, just you know, kind of just uh, this year, I think is going to be a little more low key. Just have a lot of fun with what I already have and uh, focus on some other things. And maybe uh, get ready to start branching out into maybe some other motorsports. But um, I do like I do like driving other cars. It just uh, front wheel drive really seems to resonate well with me. Um, yeah. It just uh, just sort of clicks. Um, I do I do enjoy other stuff, uh, Miatas and uh, some of the you know bigger power cars as well, like Corvettes and stuff is a lot of fun. But I think I'm going to be sticking uh, with these silly, uh, crazy built front wheel drive cars I have for a while, mostly because I already have them and they're not worth crap to anyone but me. <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's a labor of love. We we do this for a reason, and it's just because some about those cars is just so dang enjoyable. So I'm just gonna yeah. ride it out, and uh, you know, if I get bored of it, then uh, you know, maybe I'll mix it up and go to something else. But, uh, but nothing then, immediately. We'll see. Huh? Yeah, I'm you know I'm sort of on this path. I want to just play with these two cars for a little bit as far as competitive stuff. That's cool. Yeah. 
uh, your CRX you've had for what, like 12, 13 years, it sounds like. Or? Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, just been about, been just about 10 years now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's been a father son thing the whole time. You know, my, my father, he's my co-driver, my teammate, my pit crew, and, you know, helps me a ton with everything. And, uh, it's just a lot of fun hanging out with him and driving that car together and competing together. And, uh, it's That's something right. I just love doing. So I don't really want to stop anytime soon. It's, as long as he, I can get him to climb in and out of a car, then uh, I think we'll probably keep doing it with uh, one of these stupid little Civics. Yeah, what uh, that doesn't sound like anything is broke right there. That, that sounds like like the perfect motorsports life, really. <laughs> hey, Dad, let's fix the car and go do cool yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, so far it's been I love that. Good. That's so cool. So does he? Does he still have the M3? That's the the main question. No, yeah, no? he dumped that a long time ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, he downgraded uh, when uh, right around the time I got my license. Fury didn't want me driving that, so uh, <laughs> he had a uh, he had a uh, Civic Si, like a eighth gen uh, 07 for okay. for a long time. Actually, he still has it, but he just picked up uh, a shiny new Accord. He's I'm calling it his old man car. I'm sure he's going to love hearing <laughs> that when he listens to this. But uh, do you make your dad listen new... to this dumb podcast? <laughs> He, I don't have to do it. I don't have to force him. He, he loves this. So, he does it on his own. He'll hear it on his own. That's cool. Yeah, I think a couple of years ago, you you had messaged me or something saying that you listened to it all the way out to Lincoln yeah, or something. Yeah, we were talking, uh, when you guys were first starting off, um, we needed yeah. something to listen to on the 25 or so hour tow out to oh, Nebraska, which we, go, which we do straight through. So uh, I said, hey, I just uh, you know, know, know a guy who's starting to try and do this uh, podcast. Let's give it a listen. And, uh, yeah, we pretty much listened to your probably your first, I don't know, you're probably at seven or nine episodes by then. We pretty much just trucked through them all in a span of a couple hours on the way That's out there. That's saved our sanity, <laughs> sanity, though. i got to give you guys credit. You know, maybe it wasn't any good, but it was something. <laughs> the funny part is the show hasn't changed a whole lot since we started. <laughs> I, I actually well, got a message from. A guess, so. <laughs> that is true. I, I got a message from uh, from Peter Lindbergh the other day, and he said he'd listened to some of the old, like the original ones, and and how different they were. Really? Because we were we were like trying to be pro or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I have no recollection of any of. Dude, so Wednesday or Tuesday, he texted me saying, "Dude, I want to buy some beryllium nine four nine six wells." <laughs> he's he, like uh, i love that he, color yeah he he uh, he texted me about uh about a lot of honda things in the last few days he i think we're gonna sp- we're gonna help him spend all of his money this year perfect hey better his money than mine right that's right yep that's right. what friends are for <laughs> yeah the the worst kind of friends are your car uh, friends they enable absolutely. you to blow all your money <laughs> um yeah, yeah what kind of uh daily driver do you cruise around in now that you turn your four-door into a uh into another race car yeah i mean the only reason i i was actually daily in that stupid four-door for a long time and uh after i uh spun a couple bearings going to 8600 rpm on a stock d-series motor i figured okay maybe i should get <laughs> a, a real car to drive every day yeah so uh i picked up a uh a cheap old uh 2001 honda cord dx you know the sweet base model four doors that's and right stick you shift. messaged me about a cord motors i forgot and, about that yeah and i've been rocking that for the last three or four years it's up at almost two hundred twenty thousand miles now and it doesn't skip a beat so i'm probably gonna drive this thing into the ground yeah. but uh yeah i found an appreciation stuff. for these uh these big block single cam honda motors and I was yeah. actually emailing you, Adam, a, w- a little bit ago about, oh, man, Turbos. what does it take to fit these into a EF? 
because I have this hatchback and uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with it. I wanted to build a no rule book car because I was yeah. sick of building race cars. And I was like, I want to try it. I just want to build something fun. And uh, they, they all fit very that, well. <laughs> yeah. After I talked to you, I'm like, maybe, maybe I should just take all the D series parts from my basement and build something for it. But <laughs> of course that turned into me looking for 90 to 93 accords. Cause you know, I still want a turbo one of these motors. Yeah. And they so, take boost yeah. very well, very well. So uh, I'm out of space for now, so I'm, I've tabled that idea for uh, a year or a couple okay. years until I get a little more garage space. My uh, poor old man, he stashes all my projects in his little two-car garage, which is a, a big-budget racing headquarters, which is our little two-car garage with a half-height lift and uh, clutter everywhere, and that's where all the uh, well, all the magic happens. But we got about you know three cars in there right now, two under his porch. Um, we're running out of room, so I really need to get some real estate in the garage of my own to uh, yeah, help focus uh, on the garage as a, us. Yeah, use the garage as a selling point. You know, that's the only thing you need to look at when you buy real estate when you're that's your age. Pretty much how it's been going so far. Yeah, it's we like, need a oh, barn. Oh, we need a barn. This isn't. It's not enough garage space in this one. Or uh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> priority number one. I can sleep in it for all I care. Um, just need yeah. a place for cars. Yeah, you just need a barn. Buy, buy some industrial property. It's probably uh, it can't be too expensive. Yeah, they ha- there's some. Uh, it depends. New Hampshire can be pricey, but if you go even further into the woods in Maine, there's some cheap stuff. I saw there yeah. was like this. There was like a two car like barn slash garage with a finished apartment above it. I'm like, oh, I could do that. That's the <laughs> yeah, life that right there, man. That's bad. perfect. Someone was using it as a like a light duty like uh, small repair shop or whatever. It was like already fully loaded with lifts and everything. It was like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, yeah I can get into that. Bunch of men on it, no neighbors. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um. Well, the uh, the car hobby will suck you in, man. It'll it'll change how you look at everything, including um, mortgages and stuff. I think <laughs> any anybody that listens to the show is just really far down the rabbit hole already. Oh yeah, they're all they're all really they have late. to they're be. All, they have to bad. be. They're all so screwed. <laughs> the the part of the reason that um uh, my uh, I I didn't want, I didn't really want to buy a house, you know, 8 10 years ago when we bought our house. Um and then I walked in the garage and I thought, I think that ceiling's tall enough for a lift. <laughs> Uh, and my, I didn't say that to my wife for about five years, um, but I had the lift picked out in like in 2007 when we were shopping for the house. It's across the street from my in-laws, so she wanted to buy it immediately once it came up on market. Um, and then we looked at it, and I thought, hmm, basement goes into garage goes into the basement. I could have a shop downstairs, right at the bottom of the stairs. I think I can get a lift in there. And now all my dreams have been uh, fulfilled. <laughs> so. Yeah, you gotta you gotta use the car hobby as as the thing to d- dictate your big purchases. Yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, make sure a lift can fit. That's all you gotta do. Yep. It's all about the yeah ceiling height. Ceiling height is key yeah. number one. Um, well, cool, man. It uh, it sounds like it sounds like maybe uh, if we can find a way to get your car to Lincoln, the uh, maybe I should go to Lincoln, Nebraska next year. I would meet that you. That sounds there. like a good plan to me, dude. I get so like so many people like are like, I think I've got four offers right now to to you know if you show up in Lincoln, uh, you, we'll get your car. Um, like I kind of want to do that more than like go to runoffs, like race there. I mean, I want to go to runoffs and do shows and hang out with buddies, but. I don't know. I, th- I think I need to try autocross stuff. 
See, it nobody... be a fun adventure for you and try something a little yeah, different. Yeah, what, be better, different. what bigger, what better place to do it at the, uh, the you know, the big stage there, the big show. Hey Somebody's man, that's like, uh, who was that? Last. Who was that guy in the E30 that we had on the show? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Garrett Farmer. Yeah. Garrett Farmer did that. Yeah. He like, showed up. Yeah. So yeah, that was did, a pretty like, cool did, story. Had, I don't think he'd ever really done much autocross at all. No. And that's and the thing. Just, like he didn't, he didn't even sign up. He didn't intend to, he just stopped by and everybody raised money and paid for him to yeah. enter. Yeah, I I just saw I just found some pictures from that uh, from his from trip that show. Yeah, from two years ago yeah. at our Autobahn event. Yeah. I just found the pictures of his car on my on my phone, like looking through my like Verizon saved gallery or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it was a rad old E30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he did nice it all himself. Body. I think he he's he's been drifting that thing. I think he slid it into a wall. A yeah, while he too. did. Yeah, something, I think I saw something some happened. pictures of it. With yeah, damage. Hopefully, he got it fixed. Well, at least he did it himself, so he knows how to put it back together. Yep. So many hours of work, though. Yeah, that uh, it was a good looking car, though, with, especially with the old school uh, wide wheels and everything. I think those are the old HREs. Yeah, or I whatever. think it was it was hanging over my desk in uh, September because it was in the grassroots motorsports calendar last That's month, right. last year. <laughs> yep, September. Or, Stared at me that, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the weird people that we come in contact with with uh, this dumb show in the last two years has been kind of fun. But it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it hasn't hasn't sucked. Nope. Um. Yeah, but I think we just did a podcast again. We did. Another I think we're, yeah, we're into this for like a little over an hour. Yeah. Hey, Brian, you should keep that mic and we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk after you get uh, into the season next year again or this yeah, year. I th- I, it's already 2017. I keep forgetting. It's already February like, of 2017. I know. I'm, I'm, I have too much work to do. We have next, two two next... months, two months until we're at Mid-Ohio. I know. Just about. I got to get some log books. That's so made. crazy. I got to get log books made. Got to find a printer. I've got a Miata yeah, to buy. Little Birdie told me you might be doing some enduro stuff in New Jersey this year, right? Yeah, yeah. I might I have, have to, to. I was talking to someone. Maybe I'll have to come down and uh, crew for you guys or something. How like far that. away is that from you, NJMP? Oh, it's a, it's just a hop and a skip for me compared to some other places I go. <laughs> okay. I I have no idea where NJMP is. Like I have to look on the map. <laughs> I I googled it and it's like 13 hours, but I didn't even look like in relation to the East Coast actually where it is, but. Um, Probably a little less than that for me, but yeah, he, uh, uh, Austin, Mike, uh, Mike Taylor um, signed us up to go race his car at the the NJMP 12 hour SEC Enduro. Oh, really? So, yeah. Who, the, who are you the, driving the, with? The, uh, the Devil in the Dark is what it's called. Huh. That's what the race is called. But, so it's um, you and Mike Taylor and who else? Um, uh, Eric Cattell and okay. uh, this this new driver that that drives for Honda with Shea Racing. Oh, Todd to to Tony. I think he's the guy that uh, spun my car once. Tony Auger Auger Augerman. Tony Augerman. Tubby Babichev. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike's been threatening to like, you know put this team together and i don't i have no idea why he invited me <laughs> like aside from the fact so that, that he can be on the show once yeah i think i think mike uh mike just he's just using me for my podcast <laughs> i'm i uh i'm looking forward to it it should be fun yeah that'll be um, awesome it's it's over my wife's birthday weekend and so i was like mike it's not gonna work there's no way it's happening um and she said okay no, until my wife said, "Hey, babe, um, I think I want to go to this conference in Peoria on my weekend birthday weekend. Is that cool with you?" I'm like, "It's your birthday, babe." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think Emma and I are going to take the rad RV with my brother and brother and sister in law. Um, 
and uh, I'm going to take a little road trip with the family. What month so, is that? Uh, it's uh, April like 20 is the race. My wife's birthday is the 21st. Okay. I think that's it. So it's like it's two weeks after race. mid Ohio. Yeah. Like three, two weeks, three weeks. Okay. So, um, yeah. It, uh, if you, if you can find another $117 flight, you should come with. Oh, I can. I should <laughs> just fly to Chicago and then ride with, uh, and then ride back. Uh, yeah. We'd be leaving. Like I think we'd be leaving on Thursday night, driving through the night. Probably. That's probably the plan. But, sounds like a party. Uh, yeah, it, you can only you can probably get away with only taking like a day off of work. We can probably get you home at, on Sunday because well, normally, back. yeah, I mean, normally I can take that late Thursday night flight, the 11 p.m. L.A. flight that gets into Chicago at like five in the morning. Yeah, the race is on Saturday, so we got all day Sunday to drive back. So. Yeah, or I can just fly to New Jersey or somewhere along the way, and you guys can pick me. That's up. That's true. And then you went out to ride in stinky old RV for 12 hours with a potentially crying three year old, and <laughs> have have credit card will travel. That's right. But yeah, it should be uh, should be a fun weekend. You should come down, Brian. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Uh, we'll see. We'll be in touch. Mike's got a long way to go. He just he just pulled the motor out last week and uh, brought it to Blake Meredith. The motor and trans are getting gone through. Um, he's going through the entire car, but uh, he thinks he can have the car back together in about two three weeks. Um, and he's planning on racing at the the New Orleans Majors at NOLA, and then the next weekend after that at uh, Road Atlanta Majors. So hmm. he's got uh, two races planned before it. So hopefully the car will be all sorted out and in good shape. But yeah, we'll see. I, uh, he's also I think he's got Maxxis tires lined up for it. I oh, think cool. Justin, I think Justin, Justin hooked him up. So, yeah. Man, what an so. incestuous little like podcast group we have. I know, isn't it weird? <laughs> all these people that have been on the show a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't know if my, maybe Mike is like whoring. Maybe he's just using the podcast to get free tires. And well, stuff. I mean the car, let's be honest. The car is orange. It is. It is. So, you know, it's part way there. Yeah. Maybe you yeah, can convince it, him based on that and based on how everything goes to run the 25 hour this year. Well, he wants, he wants to do that next year. Like for sure. He says, so I need but, to get, yeah, I need but, to get a comp license by then. Uh, you need to get a comp license last year, dude. I've needed to get a comp license for like four years. Oh, it's, it's not that hard. We can hook it up, man. Yeah, I'm just lazy. Yeah. And now I need a safety <laughs> gear. So that's like two grand for good safety yeah, I gear. Got, I got all my safety gear for like $450. Yeah, I don't even have a helmet right now. And like if I do it, I'm going to do it right. Yeah, do it right. Go on eBay and buy a suit that fits. Like, I want to spend more on my safety gear than I do on my Miata. Dude, I'm an EF guy, and Brian knows this. You buy used stuff. I bought a Simpsons suit, and it was two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, but it's like so many farts accumulated Perfect already. Shape. Perfect shape. <laughs> EF guys love used used junk. Yeah, junk. Just mostly junk. I still junk. I still want a custom suit made. I want it to look like overalls and a flannel shirt. You do need your custom man bun helmet too. Yeah, we, we figured that out the other day. Yep. Right. You got you got to have a, a fixed location uh, man bunt indent in your in your, uh, in your helmet. <laughs> we can get the guys from Black Armor or something to to make me one. Yeah, I think we're I think the, we should bring that up on the show we do with with James. <laughs> so yeah. we're trying we're trying to set up a show with them soon. Maybe we can uh, maybe yeah, we think, can just talk about man bun uh, helmets the whole yeah, time. I think it's I think what that's going on next week. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. And then I'm gonna go meet the Speed Ventures guys on Monday. Oh, yeah, that fell through. Yeah, so this Monday uh, they'll yeah, be they on. Moved it back. Yep. Cool. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah, keep that mic, Brian. Let's talk about autocross more. We need to talk about more autocross. Yeah, sounds good, man. More, more people tell us uh, 
last year I heard it like a dozen times. Like you guys never talk about autocross. Autocross is rad. I just don't, I don't know. We just talk about what's in front of our face and what's in front of our I face. I mean, generally stupid. it's a good idea to talk about what you know about. And we don't really know a whole lot about autocross. That's yeah, why there's an autocross podcast now. We, we need an official autocross correspondent. We'll use Tom and Brian as our autocross correspondents. And, and coincidentally, and Christian, and they Christian. both have they both have Samson go mics from us right now. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Isn't that convenient? Perfect, perfect. Um, when when is your first event for the year, Brian? Ooh, it's uh, mid April. I want to see it's maybe or maybe early April. Maybe I think our first local might be April eighth or ninth, whatever that weekend okay. is. Cool. So it'll be here before we know it, and I'm sure I won't be ready for it, and all the cars will still be getting thrashed back together. That's yeah. how it goes, right? That'll happen. Yeah. So I was What's trying the... to get ahead of things this year, but we'll we'll see how that actually ends up going. What are the projects on besides besides taking your CRX and t- uh, part? So the CRX the is mostly back together now, except what about the project? Like the prepared car. I'm just pre- doing the paint yeah, stuff for car. it. Yeah, close enough. It's just doing. I keep the paint saying private. I mean might to say some, the right thing. I, what you mean. <laughs> Get, I might do some arrow work on it, uh, a couple minor fixes, and then I'm, I'm trying to build a, a, a street a motor for my my street hatchback SI, my 90 SI that I okay. picked up. My Arizona car, my my precious, not rusty New England car that I uh, I don't know, just want to build for the sake of building. So cool. I got a motor build, some paint, and uh, you know, putting another putting Humpty Dumpty back together. So I'll have my hands full. Yeah. Uh, I usually just, you know, get about a day a week to work on them, thrash on them for six or eight hours. So everything always takes longer than you expect. That sounds nice. I only get like 40 minutes at a time. Don't have a kid, dude. It's bad. I can't get anything. <laughs> I got to drive an hour to go work on my cars. So, uh, oh my you know, gosh. Dude. Damn. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're not, they're not, they're not here with me. So I got to go to where they're, they're in the garage that they are at. So, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a all day commitment if I want to go, uh, go wrench on stuff. So, well, then I won't complain. I get to walk outside and it's right here, but that's, uh, that's Those a are long my goals. <laughs> Yeah. You, you need to buy a big garage, man. Yep. That's the, working on it. Cool. Um, the, uh, yeah, I hope everything goes back together. Hope you weld uh, Humpty Dumpty back into one piece again. Great. Thanks. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on and, uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's hang out in, uh, in April and see how everything's going. We need, we need to yeah. uh, just, just remind me to talk about autocross on the show more and by having you on and see, that's easy. You just say, Hey, <laughs> Hey, I'm bored Tuesday. Hey, let's you talk. need to talk about autocross again. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, when roughly when is, uh, uh, nationals. It's over Labor September. Day. September. Right? It's right around Labor Day. Yeah, it's always been like within a week of Labor Day, I believe. But yeah, it's usually uh, the week of. Hmm. Uh, that might need to be a goal. That's we don't yeah. do anything in September really. It's it, although it's is that middle of September or or beginning? It's early middle-ish. It's probably it's like a week, week or two after Atlanta, I think. Yeah. So we don't have anything grid life going on. That's good. But hmm. All right. It's not that far away. We can drive. We can drive there. I can drive there. You can fly there. Yeah. That could be fun. Speaking of us, speaking of Kansas, um, one of our buddies was in Kansas this week. I don't know what that was about, but we weren't, we weren't talking about Kansas. (laughs) Lincoln's in Nebraska, dude. Oh, is it Nebraska? Oh, you're right. (laughs) Same thing. Dang it. It's the center of the country. It's all the same. Yeah. Cornfields. It's all cornfields. You, you were talking about uh, perennial guest uh, of the show, Greg and me. Yeah. What the hell was he doing there? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm a little concerned. 
That is the center of SCCA. Uh, it's a SCCA headquarters. In and they are and they are looking for a president. Yeah, I don't think he was there for that. He okay. told us he didn't want to do that job. Yeah, but I don't know. We've yeah. been lied to you know before. Yeah, he might be a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Tom was there too, though. So, well, Tom, maybe Tom was running for it. I want Tom to be president. He he's he'd be a great president. Actually, he'd be a terrible president. He'd be off <laughs> racing something. He'd be driving Vipers at uh, Barrett Jackson all day, not doing any of his, not doing anything he's supposed to do. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Austin's got to go to a meeting in an hour. So yep. Got to give him a few minutes to upload. Yeah, I got like thing. three hours of work to do this evening. Hooray. It's like ten. It's like ten o'clock where Brian lives. We should leave him alone. So. Yeah, it's like uh, it's uh, Grandpa's bedtime over here. Youngest <laughs> grandpa in the world. So, <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's been a good time. I uh, this is actually the first time I've uh, talked to you. I think we've emailed. Yeah, a bajillion no, we've never. Times, we've, so. we've just uh, emailed and PM'd on forums, so it's nice yeah. to uh, put a voice behind you. But I look forward yeah. to meeting you someday for sure. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll when see if I can get some uh, time off. I normally work Saturday, so I'll see if I can get some time off and come down to uh, Jersey and uh, hang out with you guys and crew at the uh, Enduro there. Yeah, hopefully it goes together. That would be uh, that'd be unless Mike has a problem. It's it's planned, so we're registered yeah. now, I guess. So I got to tell awesome. my wife, but uh, I'll tell yeah. her. Later. She doesn't need to know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tell my wife. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when March. Yeah, comes. Eric told me about it and I was like, Oh, that sounds like a fun time and a dream team. Let's, uh, I kind of want to get in on that. So it's not too far. I kind of want, I kind of want them to all drive and then I'll go in the car in case I botch it all at least at seat time. <laughs> I feel like I might be the weakest link. <laughs> so, I'll be able um, to go remind Tom about the time he spun our CRX on the practice course in Lincoln. So yeah, remind, he, remind everyone else that he is human. <laughs> yeah, once in a while I hear Tom is human, but I just saw a video today uh, where a Porsche tried to knock him off, uh, off the track at road America. And I, and somehow he kept it together and, and he won it. <laughs> yeah. He just posted a really cool video on his Facebook. The, the car the, from the car behind him for P, PJ Gronke's car. And, uh, uh, when when he got his first PwC win, um, that's it's it's a wild lap. <laughs> yeah, I've been following him. He's he's a, he's a serious talent. It's awesome to watch him yeah. progress, do all this totally. stuff. It's been a lot of fun to follow. Started so with winning a started with winning an autocross championship. So maybe you're on your way, dude. Yep. Yeah, yeah he used to you know show up at some of our he was friends with some of uh, our local guys, and he'd fly in and drive uh, some of the other street mod cars and just whoop everyone's butts. So. So it's been fun to follow him the whole time. <laughs> and we need to get you in like a, a a TCB car, and then you can show everybody how fast you are. So yeah, we'll see about that. But all those was, TCB fits we got laying around, <laughs> plenty. I used to drive yeah. a fit. That was a fun time. But <laughs> yeah, I'd probably I be dig really fits. I, I had I really a, like a them. First gen one. It was it was pretty rad. I loved that thing. Yeah, we we have a bunch of them that uh, that track with us, and then they're so fun to watch. They're oh, they're more fun they're to drive. So to- they're so tossable. They're just a riot, and gutless yeah. and floppy, but like so fun. <laughs> the, the, there's like three people right now talking to me, you know, in messages, Facebook messages, whatever, about you know what are the spec fit rules going to be? Because I think I'm going to buy a fit. I want to buy a fit. I need to, I need to get rid of this car payment and buy a first gen fit. <laughs> yeah, I I highly encourage everybody to buy a first gen fit. They're awesome. If, yeah, if you if you needed to have one car that was your daily, your race car, and uh, everything else, uh, it's it's not a bad choice. E ninety M three. You can cram a lot of stuff in them too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I remember you know road tripping around the around the country with, with the, that thing. You could fit so much stuff back there. Yeah, it's insane. 
Michael Austin. Time to buy a fit, dude. Nope, too slow. <laughs> you want to buy? A, you want to buy an old Miata? It's about still the same faster thing. than a Fit, man. Nah, there's not much that isn't faster than a Fit. Let's be real here. Yeah, I'm pretty so, sure the Sprinter van I want to buy is faster than a Fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah possibly. But two shows in a row where Austin wants to buy the same thing. <laughs> it's a record. It's it's gotta be a record. I love that. I'm getting close. All right, boys. Getting well, close. We'll uh, we'll let uh, we'll let you guys have a night. It's been a good show. I think we've yeah. this thing for like well over an hour. It's a good one. Too long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Push stop, Austin. All right. Save it. See you guys. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Write and review us on iTunes and all that other jazz that you're supposed to do with podcasts or whatever. So whoop to do.